Today is Monday, April 3rd. The title for our devotional is Law and Grace. Last week, we started a new campaign called A la Carte Christianity. The theme of this campaign is how we often approach our Christian faith like an a la carte menu. We try to get only what we like out of the faith and none of what we don't. We want the blessing without the cost. We want all the easy and none of the difficult. And in doing so, we make ourselves, really, the center of authority, not Jesus. Christian life, however, as we saw last week, is a whole life commitment to Jesus as Lord. Last week, we found that our discipleship to Christ begins with this full surrender to the Lordship of Jesus in our lives. Jesus said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? This week and for the rest of this campaign, we're going to explore certain aspects of the faith that we like to choose a la carte from Christianity, and we often leave the opposing truth on the menu. This week, we're talking about legalism and self-righteousness. Humanity is just drawn to self-righteousness like a tractor beam. This is evidenced by the many religions in the world that require humans to follow laws to earn God's or the God's approval. In the ancient world, a flood or a famine was likely the result of people failing to obey their gods, so they thought. Today, when someone gets sick, people often assume that they must have done something wrong to make God angry. The nature of sin in humanity is that it is always curved inward, as Augustine has said. He, of course, used Latin in his day, which immediately makes one sound a lot smarter. Incurvitas in se, he would say. Self-righteousness and legalism, although they appear to be very humble and pious, are, I believe, the most dangerous a la carte items that we choose to order up along with our Christian faith. The danger of it is found in its subtleties. It has the appearance of piety and good moral behavior, which are good things. But in our heart, the motive is still curved inward. It is still selfish and sinful at its core. We try to earn our salvation and God's approval. Going back to last week, it is a failure to surrender all of ourselves fully to God, to his truth, and to his word, and to Jesus' work on the cross. Self-righteousness is our attempt to ultimately control God. The thought goes, if I am a moral person, and I can coerce God into giving me what I want, something like a happy life or good health or wealth. Of course we wouldn't say it like that. Nobody says that. But the deception is far more subtle. We think we're just doing what God wants, Is at least that's what we convince ourselves of, which he does want us to be a moral person. However, in the Christian life, we live a moral life not to earn God's approval, but because he has given us his approval. It's a very different perspective. The self-deception here is subtle, but again, catastrophic to our faith. If we view our righteous deeds as contributing to our acceptance by God, we diminish God's grace, and again, we put ourselves as the ones in control. We have good reason for boasting then, if that were to be true. Yet Ephesians 2, 8-10 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In Jesus' life and ministry, he was primarily opposed by the religious leaders of his day. His message to them was never to abandon righteousness, but to reframe their heart, the motives behind their righteousness. Matthew 23, 23-24, we read, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. 
Notice in this text, Jesus tells them that they should have practiced the minor details of the law without neglecting the major details of the law. The Pharisees had lost sight of what mattered most because their hearts were not in the right place. They were practicing the minute details to give the appearance of piety without genuinely seeking to follow the law of God. And it wasn't out of love for God. If they had, they would have not missed the more important matters of the law. This is what Jesus was referring to in his famous teaching in Matthew 11:28 to 30. The law was regularly referred to as a yoke or a burden, and it was heavy. This burden was too heavy for anyone to carry and fully live out. So Jesus invites us to himself. In himself we find grace and mercy, forgiveness and acceptance based on his grace and mercy attained through faith alone. Matthew 11:28 to 30 we read, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This topic, of course, cuts both ways. On the other side of the coin, we find the concept of cheap grace, and Christians selecting the grace of God in salvation a la carte without any obedience to Jesus. We'll talk about this at a later date in the campaign. For additional content, I've linked you to a quote from Martin Luther in his commentary on the book of Galatians. He wrote, Sin is not canceled by lawful living, for no person is able to live up to the law. The law reveals guilt, fills the conscience with terror, and drives men to despair. Much less is sin taken away by man-invented endeavors. The fact is, the more a person seeks credit for himself by his own efforts, the deeper he goes into debt. Nothing can take away sin except the grace of God. In actual living, however, it is not so easy to persuade oneself that by grace alone, in opposition to every other means, we obtain the forgiveness of our sins and peace with God. Reflection time today, we have to be extremely careful with this. Regularly reflecting on your heart and your motives, because the distinctions here are so subtle. We can easily deceive ourselves into believing that we're just living righteous because we want to please God, when it could really be selfish, attempting to impress others, or self-righteous, attempting to control God. And from the outside, they both look the same. We live in righteousness because we love God, and we know his law is what's best for us and others. It is a response to the grace and mercy and acceptance of God, not to earn it. So examine your heart today to be sure that this is the perspective you have. You'll regularly need to examine yourself to see if your righteous actions are out of pure motives or not. But for today, let's just make sure that we have the proper overall perspective.